Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. The enemy had taken his seat at my table and I was allowing myself to listen to a killer. Hello, my name is Teresa. Hello, my name is Kay. And Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table is the book that we're in by Lou Giglio. Our topic tonight is going to be Your Swift and Vicious Enemy. When this unwelcome visitor shows up, he's often quiet at first, friendly even. You might not even recognize him when he first sits down. The devil doesn't arrive with a bright, flashy neon pitchfork. <laughs> he doesn't sit down with a growl and threaten to gouge your eyes out. No. At first, it's simply another person seated next to you, helping himself to your brownie. Wondering out loud which class is his. Inadvertently wiping his mouth with your napkin. It only takes a second. The unwelcome visitor sits down so swiftly and casually. It's hard to discern his, discern his true character. He often appears to be on your side at start. He promises you relief from your troubles. Second Corinthians 11.14 describes how Satan masquerades as an angel of light, which means that the devil really comes to the table, showing his true colors. Someone whose sole purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, from John 10.10. 10. Instead, the devil takes the form of someone who's helpful, someone who appears to have your best interest at heart, Amen. someone who offers you respite from whatever pain you're feeling. Hey, How's it going, he might ask. You doing okay? You don't look so good. How's everything at work? I don't honestly know how you do it. Your boss is such a jerk. I mean, really. You're a real trooper to hang in there and put up with that idiot. <laughs> so how are things at home? Still rough? Man, I pity you. I really do. Mind if I have another cupcake? These things are delicious. He might even quote scripture to you. The devil did that when he tempted Jesus. Matthew 4 and Luke 4. Basically, the devil said to Jesus, Here, check out this one verse out of context. It's the big answer to what you're going through. Will be just the ticket that you need. The enemy will use whatever devices are available to worm his thoughts into your brain. Maybe it's a movie you watch. Or a conversation between two people that happens with ears shot. You're not positive how the devil's thought got in your mind, but they're certainly in there now. He'll kick you when you're down. Maybe you're lonely or angry or tired. Whenever you feel burdened or pressured, you become more weak to the evil's influence. First John 2.16 describes... How three big items in the devil's toolkit are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. That means the devil can take anything the body naturally desires to use it to harm us. That's the lust of flesh at work. The devil can use anything we see and wish for as part of his trap to lead us towards destruction. That's the lust of the eyes. The pride of life in this case is a harmful sort of bragging or boasting or showmanship or ambition that causes us to have 
too much confidence in ourselves. The devil will use that too. Often the devil appears empathetic. That's how he worked on Eve way back in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3 describes how the devil in the form of a serpent prompted Eve to question if God was truly good. The devil showed Eve the forbidden fruit and pointed out how beautiful it was. Surely God is withholding something from you, something you truly need. And you know, okay, that just brings me to where people don't want to become Christians because they feel that they um, have to withhold things or give up things. And that is one thing that he works overtime on people, thinking that they're going to miss out on this, this, and this, when he is just working to drag them down to the pit. Soon Eve was agreeing with the devil, nodding her head, motioning to Adam, bent on convincing her husband and herself that the fruit was indeed good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. In whatever way the devil gains access to your table, his goals are always the same. He wants to gain access to your mind so he can destroy you. I'm going to say it again. He wants to gain access to your mind so he can destroy you. He wants to get inside your head so harmful thoughts can be planted within you. Those thoughts will grow unchecked and spill out into actions. He wants you to be overtaken by wickedness. He wants to steal everything that's valuable from you. He wants to kill your relationship with God. And that brings me to the point to where if you're going through a really, really hard time, Satan will just keep piling it up in hopes that you will walk away from God. That is what he is trying to do. He he wants to cause division between you and the people who care for you. The devil's not gentle, not in the long run. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he sets snares that capture people so they do his will. The devil is vicious and cruel, and he's always prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour that someone as you has the enemy taken a seat with all his trickery it can be hard to recognize the enemy's voice he was prowling around even the garden of eden he was prowling around the night before jesus was betrayed oh my gosh i remember seeing that in the movie he was just slithering his way and he thought he won didn't he he thought he won it's not up to us to stop his prowling but it is up to us to keep from sitting at our table rest assured you have the power as a son or daughter of jesus christ to exercise faith that's defiant of the devil's whisper you can say in jesus name i won't entertain your words your thoughts your influence What if the devil's already sitting at your table and you haven't even recognized that he's there? 
Is it possible you've become so accustomed to the negative thoughts and destructive emotions that you don't even realize the enemy is eating your lunch? How do you know if the enemy is already sitting at your table by the predominant, relentless, fiery arrows that are flying most furiously from the devil's arsenal of weapons? We first need to recognize those lies and we need to acknowledge their destructive powers in our lives before we unfold how they can be extinguished in Jesus' name. He will use friends, family, to come at you with words. He knows. I mean, you see people in death and then the family get in big fights over the estate and never talk again. It is amazing to me the way he works and what he does. And it happens in everyone's family. Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. People just kind of black out and they just forget. Then they're mad. It takes them a long time to get over it. And some refuse to get over it. Some decide that, I don't care, I'm never talking to her again. He won. He wins that way. That's what he wants. And if you want to let him have that power, then you can. He'll take it. Oh, he'll take it. And he'll take you with him. But just please remember what he's trying to do. He is trying to destroy your life, alienate you from your family and your friends. They're valuable. They're valuable. But at the time, you won't think so because you're so mad you don't care. Because you can get to that point. You're like, I don't care. If I ever talk to them again... And some people go the rest of their life, and they never talk to that person again. And he's won. And he's, he's won, it, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he has won when that's happened. That does happen in many families, Teresa. It does. And it's really sad that that happens. I know that it's happened in my own family, where it's been years. It's been years and years and years. Years and years and years of non commutative because of a death in our family that caused separation. And a couple of the family members have written letters and tried to make phone calls to try to make restitution. Sometimes it's all that you can do because you don't control how the other person is going to react to it. You don't control whether they are receptive to it or they're not receptive to it. But I do believe in my heart that... There's a peace in the family member's heart that attempted to try to resolve the conflict. They're not going to be the ones that go to their grave thinking something else I could have done. I should have done something else. So remember that because, see, the devil wants to win there also. He does. He wants to take those valuable relationships between Brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and daughters and sons and... Cousins, aunts, uncles, all of them. All that, right. You know, God created us for one another. And the devil would love nothing more than to steal those valuable things. So did your family ever come back? No. No. It just... They passed with... That are they still alive? They're still alive. Oh, okay. It, it's 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 terrible what happens. I, I mean, somebody could die 
And the same day, somebody's going to be at that house cleaning it out. Now, how in the world can you even think about that when the funeral arrangements haven't even been made? But yet, they need to go get everything that they can get before anybody can get there. You can't take that stuff with you. No. And what if you died a week later? What if you did? But that's where you entertained Satan in your mind. He's telling you, hurry up, get over there, get that stuff. You gotta have it. You gotta gotta have it it now. Somebody's gonna take it, so hurry up, get over there and get it. it. You gotta have it now. So anytime you feel anxious about anything, that's not God. Stop. Stop. It's not God. So if you take anything away, he will come at you so fast and hard that you're anxious and you feel that you have to do something right now, right now, right now. That is not God. God is peaceful. If something's his will, ain't nobody getting in the way of that. He is going to give you, take you, do whatever it is. So don't listen to the enemy if he is telling you, hurry, you got to go get it. I don't know. As you get older, that stuff just doesn't matter because it just doesn't matter. I agree. It just, it just doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It doesn't. No. And I have found myself now that I'm, you know. 61. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think to myself, I don't want to leave all of this stuff behind for somebody else to take care of. I don't want somebody else not knowing when my last breath is going to be. But just thinking about that, having my friends and family come in. And have to go through stuff that should have been in the trash can a long time ago. Or given away to somebody. So that has been on my heart, Teresa. And and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with me and that I'm going anywhere. I don't want anybody to think that. But I I heard a testimony of a woman that had passed. And her friends were asked to go in and take care of her belongings and... They were having a conversation in the car on the way over and their hearts were heavy because they really didn't want to have that responsibility. They were thinking, how can we take such a thing on to go into our friend's house and clean out her things? To their surprise, when they walked into their friend's home, this woman had thought ahead. She had three coats in her closet, Teresa. She had four or five pairs of shoes. Every drawer, every door they opened. Was empty? She had had what she needed. Just what she needed. She didn't have collections of coffee cups. She didn't have collections of crystal. She didn't have collections of socks. She didn't have (laughs) shoes. Purses. Yes. You know, I'm very guilty of that. Um, I definitely have more than I need. And so God's working on my heart there to do something about that. That's good, Kay, because you do have a lot of stuff. And Kay makes sure that there's no dust. And she has, because she's traveled for 50 years. And she likes souvenirs. So she brings them back. 
And she cleans them and there's no dust on them. But there's so many, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I could never do that. That's a lot. You're going to have to come over and visit Teresa. <laughs> I've gotten rid of some of those things, folks. Well, that's good. Or, or stored them away for yes. the great the great nieces and the great nephews because those will be treasures. True. Those will be treasures to them at, at the right time in their life. Right. And it's true. That's nice that she thought ahead so her family and friends didn't have to do that. Think about if somebody had to go in your house right now. That's a lot. Right? It is. It's a and, lot. And, and I just, I like giving things away. To, to make somebody happy. And she does. I, I give everything away. And I love doing that. I always have because I would rather see somebody happy right then and there. Right? And that's how we should be. We, we should. But yes, I know that, that you have made me feel very special. Oh. That you have. And um, sometimes I get my Christmas presents six months early. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she likes this eye cream. Yeah. <laughs> she got her Christmas present yesterday, October 27th. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah, she we went to the range. We went shooting. And she gets me my AAA every year, which is a little costly. And one year, I didn't have it yet. <laughs> and I didn't know if she was going to get it. But I wanted to ask her because I was going to purchase it because I always use it because I'm always getting flat tires and stuff, running over nails. What a bummer. And I found it funny. What did I say to you? I can't I can't believe I called you out on that and said, Kay, are you getting my AAA this year? I really can't believe I did that, but I guess I I'm did. I'm pretty sure that's what she said. <laughs> And, and it wasn't it wasn't time yet. I still had a little bit. Of time. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah. all of my friends are day of. If it's due that day, they're paying it that day. I pay my bills as soon as I get them in the mail, and I throw up in the trash. I'm done. I don't have to think about it anymore. None of my friends are that way. They wait to the day. Now, I learned a good lesson that day because I made my friend very anxious, and. It should have never have come to the point where she had to make a phone call to me wanting to know if I was going to gift her her Christmas present. So now it, it is taken care of a month ahead of time so that that never happens again. I want her to know that I appreciate her and that is something that God has had to work on me. He has. And um, making me more mindful, not being prideful, I guess is what I should say about that, is that, well, you know, so what? So what if I'm 10 minutes late? So what? Well, that's not, that's not right, and I've gotten better. Oh, I'm so glad he opened your eyes after 50 years of hanging around with her. Oh, my gosh. We're all so different, you guys. Seriously, night and day different. All four of us. But everybody is. Yes. We're all different. We serve each, we meet each other's needs in different ways and it's the coolest thing ever. We all have something to give to the friendships and it's not the same, which is really cool. Yeah. We all have something to give to the kingdom of God too. Yeah. And we, and we we give to the kingdom of God. Because we are individually made by him and we each have our own little gifts that he has given us to give to each other 
He's used us in so many people's lives when we travel. He what? truly has. We've talked to so many people. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here, but I have to tell you something really quick. Because my our friend Diana, for a long time, she wasn't a Christian. She would just sit back and do whatever. I didn't know this, but she would. we would go out to eat and she would sit in there and think, oh, please, is she going to talk about God to the waitress? <laughs> But I always did. If if there's an opening, I'm there. I, I'm just there. But I and she said, Teresa, I get it now. I truly get it now. But all those years, she never said nothing, even though she was embarrassed or she because she's not boisterous, like I guess me. And I heard that, and I was cracking up. She would just sit there and say, "Oh, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "But now I understand." <laughs> So I just thought that was a funny because I think we were on Bob Evans and I could tell the waitress was having a really, really hard time. The Holy Spirit was speaking to you. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me because you could see she was ready to cry. That's, I'm there at that point. And I kind of black out. I don't care who's around me. I don't even know who's with me. I don't even care because I'm just focused on that person's face. And if I can do anything. The Holy Spirit will give you discernment. That just came to my mind because he will. Yes. Even about the enemy trying to have a seat at your table, he will give you discernment. Don't be anxious about anything. Anxiousness is not of God. I don't care. It's not of God. Be anxious for nothing. His word tells you that. If you, and we all get anxious about things or we're worried or whatever, just say, I'm not giving you a seat at the table. Just keep saying it over and over and over. Jesus, come on down. Come on down and sit with me. Come on down (laughs) sit with me. Just keep talking like that to him and talking out loud. Any anxiousness, whether you're going to get a loan for a car, a house, uh, student loans, anxiousness will lead you to make the wrong decisions almost every time because you feel you have to do it right now, right now, right now, right now, right then and there. That is the enemy. Even with interaction with people. Yes. Sometimes, um, Sometimes you think, that you have to take action right away, maybe because somebody's demanding something from you or requesting something of you, but you have this anxiousness that rises up within you doesn't mean that you have to make an action right at that time. You can take always, action, yes. Yeah, she can always say, let me think about that. Mm-hmm. Let me think about that and I'll get back with you. Yes, yeah, if you're put, that's that's good, Kay. That's true, because if you're put on the spot, that's not good. Don't let people put you on the spot. It's okay to say, I can't answer that right now, and you're going to have to give me a couple days. And then you pray about it. That's right. Sleep on it. Sleep on it. Pray on it. Because, yeah, you'll probably feel completely different the next day. So anyway, Kay, thanks for stopping by tonight. Great session. Thank you, Teresa. Glad to be here. All righty, ma'am. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.